Presents bought? All done. Yes? Yes. Anyone else? Christmas Eve, ready to go? And uh, turkey ordered, all the things. It's a mad time of year, isn't it? I said a couple of weeks ago, I said how, um, you know, some people say, oh, you must be on the wind down to Christmas. And you're like, are you winding me up? Because I've never known a wind down to Christmas. It's always a wind up to Christmas. And, you know, we've had lots of things already. We've had the Christmas uh, fair at the school and we've seen Santa and we've, we've done this and we've done that. But there's still a lot to do. We've still a number of days. And you can imagine, can't you, the first ever Christmas when Mary and Joseph, they've got a long old journey. And it's not pretty, and it's not comfortable, and she is heavy with child. And you can imagine the, the, the anticipation of going there and, and everything that was, was to come. It was, uh, in many ways, so very unexpected. You're going to hear that word a few more times this morning. A couple of weeks ago, we kicked off this series, didn't we? And we looked at all of the different Old Testament prophecies that point to Jesus over many, many years ago, hundreds of years ago, especially in Isaiah and Jeremiah and one or two other places where we find these glimpses, we find these little keys, these little insights as to the Savior, the one who is to come, the Messiah, the coming King. And everything pointed towards Jesus, right to the story that we know so well when the star came into the sky and the astrologers that traveled for miles and miles, they came to see the King. And the angels came and they revealed themselves to the shepherds and said to them, you've got to come, you've got to come to this town called Bethlehem. The Savior has been born. I was thinking this morning as I was watching um, just a bit of the, the funeral, Nelson Mandela's funeral was on this morning. Maybe some of you uh, tuned into that. And, and just one or two of the, the, the people that I heard speak, they spoke about legacy. They spoke about this amazing man. Uh, who the world has known and loved, and what he did, uh, not only for his own nation, but what he communicated. And they spoke about this thing, this legacy that is now in, especially in the hearts and the lives of those who are South African, to, uh, to carry on the things that he was for. And I kind of thought, you know, this morning, as we come, we, we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus and everything that he gave to us and brought to us and that same legacy that he lived that he left lives in us and we're going to celebrate uh, not only the birth of Jesus today but also the death of Jesus as we uh, share in communion later on um, last week my friend uh, Alistair uh, did a fantastic job as he always does and again if you weren't there folks you, you missed out and please listen to it. I'm sure it'll be on our website uh, and he, he spoke just brilliantly about Ethiopia and, the, and, and uh, the mud hut which he created up on the stage there, which would be sort of similar and reminiscent of what things might have looked like and might have been like for Mary and Joseph. And, and right at the end of it, he had down here on the floor this, it was a, a, a pig's feeding trough with some hay in there. And it was his best attempt, it was a very good attempt of, of what a manger might have looked like. And as we looked at this, and I kind of conclude, I was just thinking, do you know what, it, all of this, this, the whole story that we know so well, it kind of makes sense. It kind of, there's something about it, it just makes sense. And in the, in the busyness and the craziness of our lives, Jesus comes to us as a child. He comes to us as a person and he comes to reveal himself to us. And one of the things that often 
um, Alistair referred to was the unexpected. And one of the things I was going to say this morning was that we should expect the unexpected. We should actually, as Christians, expect the unexpected. So 10 o'clock last night, as I'm kind of just reading some of the notes that I'm going to use this morning, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. I feel a bit tired. I just want to watch that film. I'll do that in the morning. So this morning at quarter to nine, as I get the old iPad out, and uh, I'm going to read over my notes together, the unexpected has happened. It's gone. All of the last 15 to 20 sermons, which I have saved on this wonderful piece of machinery created by Apple Macintosh, has gone. So I have absolutely no notes this morning whatsoever. So uh, anyway, one of the things that I wanted to share with you was something just on the lines of the unexpected. And maybe some of you uh, have seen this. And I'm hoping this is going to work. And maybe it won't. Twas a night before Christmas, and all across the land, the good folks of WestJet had a miracle planned. On the eve before flying, the guests were in their beds. Visions of traveling danced in their heads. While out on the runway, something secret had arrived. It was left in the lounge. Twas a Christmas surprise. Christmas this year, Cohen. A choo-choo train? Oh, a classic. Do you like Thomas? Yeah. And what would Mummy and Daddy like for for Christmas? Big TV. Yeah, big TV. Oh, a big TV. You're looking fabulous. Oh, I need to. It's okay if you just want to stare at me as well. <laughs> what I need is uh, new socks and underwear. An Android tablet. Is that William beside you? And Cameron? <laughs> Some Santa boots. While the guests told their Christmas wishes to good old St. Nick, West Jetters took notes and got ready to shop quick. It was a great rush with the two flights in the air to get all those presents. Not a moment to spare. The same bells ring and there's children singing tonight. Lights are bright, I know it's a beautiful sight. There's no place on in the world, it's snowy and white. Santa's coming to town. Jet. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of your flight. Happy faces were all so merry and bright. Santa's coming to town tonight. 
has everything ready, we all had to wait for the moment of truth at Carousel 8. of St. Nick would actually appear. It was all quite a trick. A Westjetter would say it was more than mere fun. Miracles do happen when we all work as one. We... That's enough. H hands up if you'd seen that, by the way. <laughs> all you Facebookers. <laughs> Says me who probably found it on Facebook. Through Chantel. Um... Yeah, the unexpected. I bet they weren't expecting that. I bet they weren't. Don't you feel sorry for the bloke who asked for socks and underwear? <laughs> My goodness. He should have expected the unexpected, and then he would have known better. Folks, we're going to share this story. Uh, we read this two weeks ago. We're going to do it again today. We're going to unpack a few things, hopefully, and uh, see what God might be saying to some of us about it. And it is the most unexpected um, meeting that Mary has. Mary, this teenage girl living in Nazareth, she's there, she's uh, engaged to Joseph, and I'm so glad that she must have told Luke, or she must have somehow retold the story somehow so that Luke would write this so that we get to read it today. It's the story of when Gabriel comes to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. It's this most unexpected thing to Mary. She's going about her own business or she's in her home or wherever this meeting takes place. And suddenly, the unexpected takes place. Gabriel shows up and begins to have a conversation with Mary. And his first words were greetings. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Without a shadow of a doubt, Mary was chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus. What a favored and highly privileged uh, position and call in life or lot in life. It was her destiny. It was her lot. It was what God had intended that she would do. She was highly favored and the Lord was with her. Hear this. You are highly favored by God. And the Lord is with you. He is with you. And you are highly favored. Now as I'm doing that, I'm looking into your eyes, many of you. Just I'm scanning and there's nothing, no one in particular I'm looking at by the way. He is with you. He is. And you just need to know that. That's nothing profound. That is incredibly profound. There's nothing profound in what I'm trying to explain. You don't need a degree in theology to unpack that one. He is with you and loves you and highly favors you. And with it comes a calling, comes a lot in life. And so Mary's lot in life, her destiny was to do what she did. And each one of us has that. And we've spoken about that many times before. And I want to do that a bit more with us this morning. Because here's the thing. This is the biggest thing I've been pondering as I've been reading this over, over the weekend is this. That Jesus could have come to earth a grown man. He could have rocked up at 30, you know, and could have done his three years and gone back. But he spent 33 years here. And of course the Old Testament, as we've read a couple of weeks ago, points towards the baby being born to the virgin. So of course he had to fulfill those prophecies. But God being God could have come a different way. He could have come like that. But he chose to come as a baby. And he chose to involve his people in the miracle. He, cho he chose Mary for that task. He chose Joseph to not leave Mary, but to stand by her, to stick with her, to marry her, and to walk alongside the donkey. He chose his people to fulfill the things that he needed to do and wanted to do. And God is still in the business of choosing his people to involve his people in the miracle. 
it's a bit cheesy, right, the, the video. There's a few wee links in there, right? It's not just a bit of fun playing it. But at the end there, it's like miracles do happen as we stand as one. It's a bit corny, isn't it? But at the same time, God is still in the business of involving his people in being the miracle and doing the miracle. He's the one who does it, but in us and through us, he does that. You are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. Um, the version I wanted to use um, said this, uh, that Mary was confused at his words, was, didn't quite understand what it was. Um, in this version, it says, Mary was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of meeting or greeting this was. But the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. When God speaks to us as individuals, either to us as an individual and you're hearing him, either through reading the scriptures or by the still small voice or whatever way God speaks to you, or if God speaks to you through another, sometimes... We can be fearful. Sometimes we can fear what God has to say to us. I remember years ago, um, I remember spending some time with Jesus. I, was, uh, I think I was lying on my bed or on the sofa or whatever it was. And I remember kind of doing that prayer of God, just speak to me, would you? I've got no agenda, just speak to me. But there was part of me that was really fearful of what he would say. I was like, God, I really want to hear your voice, but I'm just not sure I'm going to like what you've got to say. And I felt immediately, God, the Holy Spirit, just whisper the still small voice, I'm not like your father. And I was just like, okay, you're like, I have, and I'm, this is not a dissing my father who's deceased, by the way. That would be wrong and dishonorable, okay? It was, a, it was a still, small voice that said, Paul, I've come to you to speak to you for you because you are highly favored. And I think sometimes we can be slightly scared and slightly nervous about what God might say. When we come into his presence, it can be a fearful thing because he's a holy God and because we're not. But, and you can imagine, can't you? Gabriel rocks up. Mary's going to be terrified, all right? But when God speaks to us and when he reveals to us, he's saying to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Folks, we give what we call time. We call it ministry time at the end of the service. And we're hoping that we're going to have time. I'm sure we're going to have time to do that this morning. And those of you who've been coming, you're familiar with this. It's not a magical time. It's not a... It's a time that we give space and place for the Holy Spirit to come and reveal himself to us and to speak to us. And we invite people to come forwards and you know how, how the drill goes and how it works. And I sense and I know that there's a certain amount of fear about that. For some of you, it's actually a fear of man. It's a fear of getting up out of your seat and walking in front of everyone who's watching. And I understand that. And a little bit, you just kind of need to get over that. Being truthful and straight on that. You need to forget what other people think about you. 
You will need to be so desperate and so wanting to engage with God that you don't care what anyone else thinks about you. You're just going to come because you're hungry to meet with God. But for some of us, it is a case of putting yourself in a place where God can speak to you that you are slightly fearful of. And God simply says, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. The story goes on, the conversation goes on, which we've read there. And it comes to this point when she realizes what's going to happen. What God is saying through Gabriel. And she asks a really good question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. It's a great question, right? How am I going to give birth? I haven't had sex with anyone. How's that going to happen? How? How? It's a great question. And it's a question that's okay to ask of God. When God speaks to you about something that's, that just seems crazy and way out there, or that it seems impossible, it's a good question to ask the question, how? How will this be? And I just know that God's spoken to many of us and he's, and he's spoken over your lives about things that you are meant to do, things that you are meant to fulfill. Some of you are doing that and, and you're fulfilling those things. You're, you've stepped into your lot in life and your destiny in life and you're beginning to unpack those things. So for some of you, you've begun in business recently. You've set up a business and you're looking at that. You're being obedient to what you sense the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about and you've just gone for it. But along the way, there's that sense of fear and trepidation of how. How is this going to work? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to go and get work? How is this? How, how? And that's okay. That's okay to ask that question. And for some of you, God has spoken things over you and you're just like, God, how? How is that ever going to happen? How are we ever going to change this town of Carrickfergus? It's one of the things that we, we sense that God's spoken to us about as a church, isn't it? How? How are we going to go and do that? How are we going to engage with the poor? How are we going to engage with those who are paramilitaries in this town, that have a hold on this place? How are we going to uh, tackle mental health in this town? How? They're great questions to ask. And God will begin to show us the way. How? The Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit was the one that actually brought conception. We don't fully understand how that works and we don't need to. The Holy Spirit was the one who came and overshadowed Mary. That's the how. That's the answer to the question. But we just need to trust in him. We need to believe in that and we need to be obedient to what God is saying in that. And here's the thing. For each one of us, our lot or our portion or our whatever God has given us, the dream that he has over our lives have to be bigger than who we are as people. They have to be more. They have to be more than we can actually fulfill in our own talents and with our own resources. They have to be bigger because if they're not, then we've no space for God in that. The angel says the Holy Spirit's going to be the one who's going to come. It's going to overshadow you blah blah and begins to answer the question that Mary had asked. And this, at the end of this passage, is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I absolutely love it. 
Mary says to Gabriel, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Mary's response to God through the angel Gabriel is an absolute beauty of obedience. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to you, may it be to me as you have said. She's basically saying, okay, I trust in you. I trust in what you've said and I'm going to do no matter what it takes. And you may well have heard this before. She knew what she was getting herself into. She knew that as a person who was not yet married, that she was not meant to have had sex. And she knew that with time, her belly was going to get bigger and people were going to start asking questions and that people were going to start pointing the finger both at her and at Joseph. Look what they've gone and done. Oh dear, they're not yet married. Oh goodness me. And in that culture and that society at that time, was massive. She would have been ostracized. She would have been outcast. She would have been uh, ridiculed. And she knew what she was getting herself in for. And yet her response to Gabriel was this. I am the Lord's servant. I will do whatever it takes. She knew what she was getting herself in for. And the thing is this. For each one of us, whatever God speaks over our lives and calls us to do, when we act on that, when we act obediently to what he's saying, there is always going to be a personal cost. Whenever you obey what God is saying to you, there's always a personal cost to it. And it's up to you. It's up to you whether you go for that. Didn't he say that we were going to have hardships? Didn't he say, didn't he promise to us that we would be misunderstood, that we would be ridiculed, that we would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we would be hated, persecuted, that's the one. That we would be persecuted because of him. As we begin to act out of obedience, we'll be persecuted. We'll be misunderstood. And that happens, doesn't it? That's just part of it. But goodness, I would far sooner be obedient to the voice of the Father and do the things that he's called me to do than not, than not. I would rather fulfill the things that he has called me to do than to just not be obedient to him. We have to be obedient to him. He's our king. He's our master. He's the one that we worship. He's the one that we lay our lives down for as well. He's the king. That's all I have in my head without any words. Jesus came and we worship him. I, 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 over the last few years, I love Christmas more than maybe I used to. And it is just a fantastic celebration. I would encourage you in these next days is to seek him and to seek and, and to seek the Savior what he has for you, what he has for your family, and what he has for our community. Because like Mary and like Joseph, I often think he gets a bit of a raw deal. He was there too. Sticking up for the dads there, lads. Is that God chose to use those people 
to be a part of the miracle and that he cho chooses us as well. So, let's pray and uh, then we're going to move on. And Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that you came. And thank you that you came that we might have life. Thank you that your grace is enough for us. I pray for our lives here this morning that we would know deep in our hearts that we are favored, that we are chosen, that we are loved. And that you are with us. Amen. Um, and so, as we remember him uh, and his birth, we want to spend some time just remembering him and his death. And... Um, going to read some words, familiar words to us, and then we're just going to share this together. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. He took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We want to share in this together. If the guys in the band could come now, and the guys who are giving out the communion could come now, that would be fantastic. And just begin to do that. Um... And then whenever you would like to uh, just come, if you know Jesus and you love Jesus, uh, then do whatever it is that you do. Very often I do this. I, I just spend a moment or two just in quiet, just searching my heart. And often with that comes confession of sin. And, um, and then I just go and I, I go to either one of these stations, which you can do, and they'll give you some bread and take the bread and it's the body of Jesus. It's broken for you. And then when you're ready, they'll give you the cup or the glass there. With There's either alcoholic wine or non-alcoholic uh, Ribena or juice or something. As you drink of that, picture and imagine. That's this just what I do. That's the blood of Jesus shed for you. Shed for your forgiveness of your sins. And as you do that, we remember his sacrifice. We remember that, but we forget our stuff. As you go back to your seat, and as you go back to worship, you go back free. It's dealt with. It's paid for. Don't go back out this door. Don't go and get a coffee before you've done this thing. Get right before him. So... Um, Great. And these guys are going to lead some worship as we go. So whenever you're ready, uh, just go for it. Just stand up and go to whichever place you want to.
stepped down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you So here I am to worship here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're altogether lovely Altogether worthy Altogether wonderful to me King of all so highly exalted glorious in heaven above humbly you came to the earth you created oh full of sin became poor so here I am to worship here I am Draw me with loving kindness. Why? 
whiter than snow you have redeemed and made me whole should we stand and uh, worship together sing grace oh grace you show me grace you lifted my shame draw me with loving kindness washed whiter than snow you have redeemed and made me whole oh jesus you have won me you've broken every chain with love and mercy you triumphed over death and you are worthy of glory and praise. Glory and praise. And love, you show me love by leaving your throne, by bleeding and dying on the cross. That wonderful cross that took all my guilt and sin away. Oh Jesus, you have won me. You've broken every chain with love and mercy. You triumphed over death and you are worthy of glory. You triumphed over death And you are worthy of glory and praise Glory and praise So shout it out and lift our one voice In worship Sing it out until all the earth can hear it Jesus is alive and he saves he rescues and saves so we shout it out and lift our one voice in worship sing it out until all the earth can hear it Jesus is alive and he saves rescues and saves He rescues and saves You rescue and save us And Jesus You have won me You've broken every chain with love you triumphed over death and you are worthy of glory and praise. Let's just continue to worship Him. You are highly favoured. 
the Lord your God is with you. He is with you. And we do want to give some space now for that. You just need to know but also to feel like he is with you at this time and we would love to pray for you that not only you would know that in your head but that you would feel that in your spirit in your soul that you would know his presence the presence of Jesus is with you and we'd love to pray for you we're not going to pray lengthy prayers over you all we simply do is we stand with you and we put our hand on your shoulder and we just simply agree with what God is already doing you see, he is already doing it where you're standing because he's here. His presence is here. The presence of Jesus is here. But by coming forwards and making yourself available, you're saying to God, I want more of that. So if that is you, would you come now? Come and stand here with me. And uh, there'll be others that will come. They know to come and they're there to pray with you. So if that's you, would you come now? Why don't others just begin to make their way up? Folks who know how to pray, would you come? You know how to pray. Just come and do that. It's a brave thing, but... We're going to give space. I'm going to give time. Folks, there's more of you. And uh, I'm not doing it to highlight you. I'm saying that because I don't want you to miss out. Thank you, Lord. I believe there's uh, some people here in the room. You suffer from migraines on a regular basis. God's in the room to minister to that, to bring healing to you. Some of you have been having uh, bad nightmares and uh, you just can't stop that. It creates obviously trauma in you and God wants to minister to you, wants to be in your sleep and in the room with you. So if that's you, would you come? Thank you. This is good. This is the people of God, the family of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If we have any ladies that know how to pray, it's your turn to come. Would you come? That would be great. Come on, you know.